Welcome to the Effective Data Scientist Podcast. The podcast is designed to help you improve your skills, stay focused, manage successful projects, and have fun at work. Be an effective data scientist now. So, how are you doing, Paolo? I'm doing very well, Alexander. What about you? Very, very good. And I always love these recordings. And um, it's cool to talk about this um, pretty technical topic. Um, and it's one of these topics that starts pretty simple. But as you go more into the details, yes, yeah, the devil is in the details, as, as usual. So... Let's start with a more, more simple one. So, so um, when you think about cluster analysis, what, what comes to mind for you? What, when, what was the kind of, um, what are typical things you look for when you think about cluster analysis? Uh, first of all, when I think about cluster analysis, I think uh, about uh, uh, continuous data and uh, how to uh, group uh, together uh, different uh, observations uh, which may be uh, similar according to uh, different variables mm. and uh, maybe uh, this tool can help me to uh, interpret uh, what's going on in a different way when I look uh, at uh, different uh, variables. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, it's the same. I think about uh, continuous data. I think about um, many variables, um, usually larger sample sizes, and um, trying to see are there kind of groups, or how we call them, clusters, that are somehow similar. And it's, um, yeah, it's really trying to find patterns in the data. Um, one of the important things is uh, this is really um, a, a technique under the umbrella term of unsupervised learning. You know, so it's not that we look for the relationship to um, outcome of interest. Yeah. So, so for example, response or um, yeah, some kind of. Um, variables that interests us, but we have, um, yeah, just a number of variables that describe our, our subjects, and we are interested in understanding, okay, how are, are there groups within these subjects that are somehow more, more similar? So, um, let's go into uh, what actually means similar. Uh, yes, uh, it's about uh, measuring uh, uh, distances between object uh, responses uh, individuals according to uh, different uh, variables and uh, find uh, a good metric for measuring uh, this uh, similarity. That could be, for example, the Euclidean uh, distance or um, in terms of uh, the, and of course, uh, there are many ways uh, of doing um, clustering. 
there's the k-means uh, clustering approach, uh, which is a method for finding clusters and cluster centers uh, in a set of um, uh, data without uh, labels. Uh, so you start uh, uh, with the desired number of uh, cluster and uh, you uh, assign each unit individual to each cluster, uh, minimizing the uh, variance of the Variances uh, within cluster, and then uh, uh, of course uh, the this new uh, cluster will have uh, a new center, and uh, you restart once again, computing the uh, shorter distance between each unit and this center again, and you will end up with a new. Uh, set of uh, means, uh, which can be defined uh, as the new center for uh, the cluster and uh, so on. You apply this uh, iterative procedure until you optimize uh, um, everything and uh, you, you have uh, uh, your desired number of clusters that now are uh, well uh, separated. And uh, of course, I think the uh, tricky uh, part is uh, understanding that uh, uh, you will always find clusters if you start by doing so. So mm -hmm. this, uh, if you start this uh, algorithm of gaming clustering, for example, uh, there's no way you, you have the... Um, uh, answers from the algorithm that uh, there's no clustering. Okay, so you, you start with your uh, number in mind and uh, you end up uh, with the best solution for the pre-specified number of clusters. Uh, yeah. Yep. And uh, you, you need to take <clears throat> this into account uh, while uh, you are performing such kind of uh, exploratory techniques. Yeah, you basically start with... You know, if you have you know, 1,000 subjects, you start with 1,000 clusters. And then, you know, in the first step, you combine the two most similar objects into one cluster. So then you have uh, 999 clusters. And then you do it again and again and again until you basically have the number of clusters you want or until you have just one cluster where everybody is together. And um, I think that directly shows a really, really important problem within statistics that we always have. Um, you can go to the to both extremes. Yeah, you can go to oh, we want as many clusters as possible. Yeah, and then you have um, a lot of clusters, and within the clusters, the objects are very, very similar. Yeah, because he has very small clusters. But then kind of, you know, the, 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 any descriptions that you want to do within cluster will depend only on very, very few subjects. So you have very homogeneous clusters, but any description about these will be very unprecise. Yeah? 
Uh, so you have minimized your bias, but you have at the cost of a lot of imprecision. Or the other way, you say, oh, I want to have fewer clusters, and then you allow for much more heterogeneity, or in other words, bias within the clusters. Um, but at least now you have sufficient uh, sample size to gain some precision. And um, that is, so to say, the art here, yeah, to get to this right balance in terms of clusters and uh, size within the clusters. That's why I also think like you need to have a, yeah, a reasonable number of subjects here. Yeah, um, if you if you're dealing just with you know a couple of dozens of of subjects, it yeah it probably gets a little bit difficult. Um, so yeah, that sets a little bit uh, kind of yes, and and uh, of course uh, there are many ways. Uh, so uh, when we uh, talk about um, Euclidean uh, distances, uh, for example, uh, we are in the nearest uh, neighborhood uh, framework uh, in terms of uh, algorithm. Then you have the k-means clustering, and then uh, you have, uh, for example, uh, Gaussian uh, mixtures, in yep. which you assume that uh, for each cluster you have um, uh, specific uh, um, uh, variance, covariance, and means uh, defining the uh, distribution according to the uh, variables you have. Uh, mm -hmm. For for each uh, uh, cluster, you have a, a set of uh, means and variance, covariance parameters uh, uh, relating uh, these um, uh, multiple variables, and uh, of course, uh, you can uh, define with different uh, algorithms, uh, different uh, uh, clusters. And uh, with each algorithm, you may uh, achieve a specific uh, goal. Mm -hmm. and, uh, the end product will be uh, quite uh, different. Um, so, and the same is for the, of course, uh, you are in the uh, unsupervised learning uh, uh, framework. Uh, so you, you are still uh, in the uh, statistical learning uh, uh, approach in which you need to optimize uh, everything for uh, optimizing the uh, variance, the bias variance uh, trade-off. So you have uh, all the uh, algorithms for uh, doing uh, cross-validation, for example, measuring mm -hmm. uh, training error and uh, validation error. Uh, so, and uh, for me, the uh, most interesting part uh, comes at the end when uh, you solved the algorithmic part, Finally, you have uh, the clusters, and uh, you need to interpret them and uh, labeling them. It's yeah. a kind of postdoc uh, exercise. Yeah, 
Yeah, so, so because your cluster algorithm just tells you this is cluster A, this is cluster B, this is cluster C, this is cluster D. Yeah. Um, but these are not really well, helpful uh, labels. So now it's interesting to look into what are the characteristics of these clusters. Yeah. Um, what I usually do is looking into all the variables that uh, I use to create these clusters and um, visualize them. Yeah. So that I can see, okay, where are the differences between the clusters? Yeah. What are um, what are unique characteristics here? Um, let's say if I you if I have I don't know, let's say five um, uh, continuous variables that I use to build the clusters, I would um, do some kind of line charts. Yeah, where I have um, the different clusters, other different lines uh, across these five different variables. And then I can see, ah, okay, here this um, this cluster is very high on on this endpoint, but variable, and you know all the others are very low, yeah. Or maybe this cluster is continuously high on all endpoints, yeah. Um, whereas all the others are very, you know much lower. And there you can then can see, ah, okay, um, you can label them, yeah. This is the high value cluster or whatever. Yeah, we can give them values according to um, the, the variables that describe them. Some, something that is understandable to people that work with the data. Yeah, um, to physicians, to business people, whoever you're talking to, yeah, that they can understand. Okay, that's it. Yes, uh, I think it's quite tricky to um, uh, labeling uh, them after this uh, uh, exercise. And um, I found quite useful to uh, maybe uh, reduce uh, a bit the, the number of clusters usually for yeah. uh, because this uh, makes easier to communicate with um, the, the users the analysis, uh, but um, yeah, I think that um, uh, it's um, a nice exercise, uh, but um, I think it's hard to find uh, problems where it could be really, really useful. Uh, I don't know if it's the same. I, I don't know. I, I think that is... Um... I think there's many, many kind of ways we can look into this. Um, one of the um, common things that I have seen is you want to, for example, understand whether there are certain, you know, unidentified subgroups in, in patients. Yeah. Um, that's my kind of coming from the medical background, my kind of number one. Uh, area you have let's say um, a questionnaire with ten different um, questions in it, and you apply it to a group of patients. And are there kind of you know specific phenotypes, specific groups within the patients that um, are very similar 
and very yeah kind of form really clusters yeah patients that have a specific um set of symptoms that are different to others uh, so for example i've worked in um, psychiatry quite a lot and if you think about depression it, it's a very very heterogeneous um uh, population yeah you have certain uh patients that have are very very different from others yeah um maybe they, these are the patients that have um have a lot of physical symptoms yeah, like pain and so on and they describe their depression mostly through these physical symptoms then you have others that only speak about um, mood and, and things like that. Then you have um, patients that are um, that have very different coping strategies with this uh, with depression. Yeah, what what do they do about it? Um, and then you can understand. Okay, how are these different? Yeah, you may see like. Oh, maybe there's a correlation with with gender or with um, geography, culture. Yeah, these kind of things may have a, have then an impact on these on these phenotypes. And understanding then these different phenotypes is quite useful for physicians to kind of think: ah, if the patient comes with you know this unexplained pain maybe that has something to do with depression and not a you know a physical background but much more a, a mental background and so these kind of things help quite a lot to for for people to understand it another thing is if you look into um clients for example yeah um if you want to understand certain subgroups within your in your clients yeah pay uh, clients that maybe value certain things quite a lot yeah um and you want to then focus your marketing efforts on these clients yeah maybe there's clients where yeah, the typical thing is like kind of quality versus cost yeah or or speed or you know other kind of things for for your service for your product what what's the most important yeah and some um clients will value this quite a lot yeah and you can i've seen that in the medical space as well where there was you know understanding okay you have these different um products and they have different features what are the physicians that will mostly attracted by your features? Um, what do they value? How do they look like? Yeah, where can you find them? What are the best channels to reach them? All these kind of different questions. And so, um, whenever you want to break a, a big heterogeneous group into something that is more manageable where you can become more targeted because you are understanding a subgroup much better. Um, and then you, then that's kind of where I think these kind of algorithms play a big role. Yeah, in some sense, it's like um, 
solving a, say, a non-linear, non-regular uh, problem in the sense that uh, uh, it's hard to optimize um, everything. Uh, yep. I mean, uh, usually you don't have, uh, for example, a, a big cost uh, uh, benefit function for uh, your market. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe, I mean, you have uh, subspaces, uh, clusters, uh, and uh, you can uh, target uh, your uh, efforts to each cluster, or maybe mm-hmm. discard one cluster if you want, uh, depending yep. on the market, uh, because uh, uh, it's not working to address um, uh, its needs, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is kind of common <laughs> it's a typical uh, word if, if you talk to everybody you talk to nobody yeah so um if you wanna specifically ad- understand uh, you know the different subgroups in your audience yeah mm-hmm. and and your audience could be kind of your uh, target clients or your or your patients or whoever yeah um if you can under- clearly un- identify kind of subgroups, yeah, you can much more kind of customize, um, specialize, focus all your efforts on, on these because you better understand where they're coming from, what their needs are. Yeah? And, and of course, you need to then know how do they look like. Yeah? Um, here comes then the next Part. Once you have these clusters, you can look into all kind of other variables that have, which you haven't used for defining your clusters. Yeah, um, maybe things like age or sex or um, geography or whatever. Yeah, all kind of other um, uh, variables, and you can think like, see, okay, I've defined these clusters based on this questionnaire, survey, whatsoever. Um, now let's look, what are the you know, other variables that you know, might have an influence on that? And then, of course, you step into supervised learning, yeah, where your clusters are basically your uh, defining variables, and you want to understand which are predictors for, for those clusters. Yeah? So... Other, for example, going back to the depression example, yeah, those um, depressed patients that mostly express physical symptoms, are these more male patients? Um, are these younger or older patients? Are these patients that have a different socioeconomic background? Are these patients that come from different cultures? Um, all these kind of different things. Yeah, um, Do they have a different kind of understanding of themselves yeah uh, you can look into many many different other variables that then can kind of signal for you oh this is a middle-aged man mm, that might be a kind of candidate for for this type of depression yeah and i'm just making that up yeah so <laughs> i'm not a, i'm not a psychiatrist that can kind of directly speak to this but just just as an example yeah yeah and uh, uh i'm wondering uh so in terms of uh, uh algorithms uh, measures 
so we are always speaking uh, of um, uh, something uh, which is useful for continuous variables, right? Because uh, we yeah. were spoken about um, Euclidean distances uh, uh, or in terms of um, mixture based clustering, uh, we are defining I mean, means and variances, which are uh, quite useful for continuous variables, maybe not for other kind of variables. So what we can do if um, we have also non-continuous variables? Yeah, so um, if you have um, like ranks uh like ordered categorical uh variables then using ranks is, is quite helpful yeah um you could potentially all your variables just use the ranks there and by doing this you have basically harmonized everything yeah so, so ranking of course only within the variables yeah not not across the variables um that way you have for all the different variables, you have kind of harmonized your um, variability and things like this. And um, you now more look into, is it bigger or is it smaller? Yeah, You don't look into how much bigger is it. That, of course, helps also with a couple of other things. It helps with um, the problems that you might have um, uh, if, even if you have only continuous uh, endpoints, you might have very, very different variability. Yeah, um, just to explain that in a in a very simple way, imagine you have just two variables. Yeah, and so your um, two continuous variables. And so if you think about clusters, you basically think about okay, uh, a scatter plot. Yeah, with these two variables. And you see, think about, okay, where are, you know, these, really these kind of clusters of patients, where are the, 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 the dots in your scatter plot? Where, where do they uh, come together? And um, imagine you have the scatter plot that is just, you know, one centimeter high uh, height and, you know, very, very wide. Yeah. Then, um, Pretty much everything will be, you know, uh, just determined by the difference uh, on the x-axis and not the y-axis. Yeah. Um, so if you wanna identify similarity, yeah, you need to somehow standardize your variables. Yeah. So that you have very very similar variability across uh, the different things. And that, of course, then also depends a little bit on which metric you use to define similarity. At least, you know, make sure that there's not a huge kind of difference in terms of um, uh, variability across the different um, characteristics you're basing your cluster analysis upon. Um, the next topic is if you have categorical variables you know, so um, basically zero one variables uh, or a b c or blue green and yellow yeah um, you can use dummy variables here yeah 
and uh, you see typical what's called reference coding uh, to define your dummy variables. So if you have, um, let's say, outcomes blue, yellow, and green, then you have, uh, instead of one variable that says uh, blue, yellow, or green, you have two variables uh, that says it's, it's blue or not, it's green or not, and if both are not, then of course it's yellow. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that way you have instead of then uh, one variable, you have two variables, and you have this um, uh, can use your uh, algorithm here again. Uh, another interesting thing is uh, weighting variables. Yeah. Um, as you have seen with the examples of the scatter plot, yeah, those variables that have a big variance get a lot of weight. Um, now you can also think about: um, Do you want to weight your variables? Yeah, do you want to give certain variables more variability? So that can, for example, happen if you have, um, let's say you have a questionnaire. And in this questionnaire, you have three questions that more or less go about the same thing. Um, and for something else, you have just one question. Yeah. Maybe then you want to downweight, you know, this is, uh, things that are about just these three uh, questions because that all goes for the same concept. And if you have there's three and for the other one, you have just one, yeah, that basically gets three times the weight. And also it may maybe measure more or less the same thing. So have a look into these kind of things as well. Yeah. Are there certain features that you want to give more weight to define your clusters? So um that was quite a lot of discussion about clusters. And I think it's it's more of a, of an intro episode. There will be more things that are coming uh, about clusters. Um, and um, yeah, look out for more about this because it's pretty nice and uh, interesting area of unsupervised learning. Polo, yeah, what's, yeah, Polo what's your key takeaway? For our listener, I think that uh, it's important to start uh, from to start from the basics and uh, trying to build on um, the basic uh, understanding of your data and uh, doing this kind of uh, um, model models uh, in uh, I mean uh, with uh, clear. Uh, purpose uh, mm. in mind, uh, with a clear purpose uh, in mind, and then uh, you can uh, explore many, many ways to uh, do it. We we will see in the future there are a lot of uh, uh, algorithms, but uh, it's important to uh, I mean start with your uh, why and uh, I mean, uh, uh, being curious about uh, uh, data. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. And um, when I first did it, I tried lots of lots of different things. Um, 
just because you know the first approach didn't make any sense <laughs> so don't don't be discouraged if you try these kind of things and, and don't directly give any reasonable results um there's, there's, as we said at the beginning the devil is in the details but thanks so much paulo thanks bye